Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Nathan Marzion, uh, not with us this afternoon, mainly because I have uh, flag football tonight with a kid. I have Cub Scouts tonight with a kid. And we have to record after, usually at night, because Nathan has a real full-time job where he can't do this during the day. So I was like, hey, man, you good if I do this by myself? He's like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. So I reached out to my guy, Jim Ozarski, and I was like, hey, dude, any chance you want to hook up? And he said, sure, dude. So Jim Ozarski, Bucks beat writer from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Follow him on Twitter at Jim Ozarski. And uh, a great piece that you just had up on Malik Beasley. And it's really, um, it's a different perspective uh, that you probably don't get from a lot of guys because again, Milton hasn't really hit free agency. Giannis hasn't really been out there. Holiday, they got in a trade um, and he signed before he really got there. But Beasley got there and then realized, oh crap, the market isn't what it's supposed to be for me. And then had to figure out what he had to do from that point, Chip. Yeah, it's, uh, so Malik Beasley ends up in, in Milwaukee because uh, Los Angeles declines a $16.5 million option, right? And so, you know, he had said that, hey, maybe I could have gone back to L.A. for a different number. Um, but he was I think he, Sparky, he was sort of looking ahead. Right. Um, and, and thought, hey, coming to Milwaukee, playing with Giannis and Chris at the time, you know, the, the, the Lillard trade had happened. Right. You know, he, he saw, you know, Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen and Joe Ingles and all those open threes and. Quite honestly, you know, and I give Malik credit for this. I mean, he knows that guys who come to Milwaukee in these last four or five years, they get paid. And so so that was part of it, too. But, yeah, he was like, hey, OK, well, if I'm going to have to take what I feel is like below market value uh, in, in his eyes, um, why not go to a place where I can maybe reach that market in a year going forward? So, yeah, he, he was pretty open about that. Um and then obviously the Dame trade happened and and sort of like anything else where it's like, all right, well, I usually shoot 40% from three. Uh, you're going to leave me open for stuff? Like, he's like, all right, <laughs> you know, I'll eat like that every day if, if that's what wants to happen. And obviously if you're the Bucks, you're the focus is more on the defensive end where you hope, you know, he's invested in that and into it. And, you know, at least for now, Sparky, he, he says he is. Uh, he understands that that's an important part of this if he does want to reach, you know, a, a next contract. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. You know, the, the interesting part to me, and there's a lot of interesting parts in that piece, but another interesting part was when he was talking about the L.A. gig, where 
I come in doing one thing. Austin Reeves takes my job essentially, you know, because he was playing better and he, he wasn't complaining about it or nothing like that. He's like, hey, it happens like whatever. He he was playing better. So he, he took the job. I like that as a fan because it's like, OK, he wasn't bitter. He wasn't jealous or nothing like that. Or at least it, that not what it appears to be, at least when you did the interview. He's just like, all right, he outplayed me. He got my job. And right now it looks like, tell me if I'm wrong, that it looks like he's going to be the fifth starter in this lineup. Because if the head coach comes to you and says, hey, man, you're going to defend their best player uh, out in the guard in the wing position, he's got to start. Like, how you, you can't go tell him, hey, you're going to get the best guy on the floor, but you won't get him till the second quarter. Cool. All right. All right. Cool. Like, no. I mean, he hasn't officially announced the starting five. Beasley started the first two games. I think it's his job at this point. Like, I, I would be genuinely shocked if on opening night he's not starting. Yeah, I think uh, it's tre- definitely trending in that direction, Sparky. And I, I and I could I got it from Griffin's point of view. You know, um, you're not just sort of handing that spot to someone, right? Especially, look, Pat Connaughton has equity on this team. Marjan Bochamp has equity on this team. And as we said, Malik comes in with you know some questions on. Is he going to defend at the level Adrian Griffin wants? So the coach, coaching staff is probably like, hey, we need to see you do something. We need to see you do this in practice in some of these preseason games um, defensively to, to, to get this job. And you're right, to start on Zach Levine, to start on Desmond Bain, uh, I'm guessing they're going to throw him out uh, against the Lakers and, and start oh, yeah. with the big th- – you know, not the big three, but the big two uh, in L.A. on the, this weekend. Um, it feels that way. But you're right, Spark. I can see Adrian Griffin kind of holding off on, like, announcing that um, just for the sake of, you know, competition, so to speak. That's that's kind of uh, the other thing when we kind of look at this Bucks team right now is you brought up the fact of, well, Connaughton's got equity and uh, uh, Marjan Bochamp has equity. But do they? It's a whole new coaching staff. These dudes don't know anybody. They're not entitled to anybody. Like Pat Connaughton was Bud's guy. Brooke was Bud's guy. Like Bud, Bud had his guys. And most coaches have their guys, right, that they like for whatever the reason may be. And now, just like if you get a new boss at work, you got to start all over. Everybody's back to baseline zero. Yeah, your pay is what it is, clearly. But it's almost like you have to reprove yourself that you deserve to be in your role or whatever role that is. And I kind of feel like outside if your name is Giannis, that's kind of where everybody is uh, essentially coming in. And now Lillard obviously is, is good like that. But these these role player guys, these bench guys, they all have to start over. Uh, I mean, I get yes and no. I mean, I, I think I think Adrian Griffin was truthful when he says, hey, look, I, this Bucks team has, has been very good. There's no need to tear it down and re, redo stuff. So that's why I sort of meant – you know, Pat has a respect level and even Marjan is a second year emerging player. I mean, he, he got in all that summer work, right. With his new coaching staff. Um, so I don't think, you know, we're, they weren't going to gift Pat Connaughton, for instance, the starting shooting guard job. But, but if Bud was here, Patsy would have been gifted the starting shooting job and, and Beasley would have been coming off the bench. That's that's, that's what I'm telling you. I think is a big <laughs> difference. If Bud's the coach Connaughton starting, I don't think there's any question about it. You know, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know, Bud's not the coach. So I can't say, I can't say that, but you know, it, it's, but I get what you're saying in, in the, in that sense. Yeah. It's a new head coach. 
you know, um, Bud did have a certain way and the way he approached his guys in that way. Um, you know, some players didn't play, right? Jay Crowder told me at the end of yep. last season, like, what am I doing here? Um, and, and maybe that's one of the reasons for the change is communication is a little different this year, et cetera. But I, I, I do think, you know, there's respect for those guys where it wasn't just going to be, hey, oh, Malik Beasley, you were signed, traded Grayson Allen, you're the guy. Like, I feel like he's the one who had to prove something as opposed to Pat. I mean, Marjan probably as a second-year player would have really needed to gone way above and beyond right. anybody's expectation to actually earn that spot. Um, but like Pat in particular, Sparky, I think, you know, look, if, if, if something had happened, if Beasley got hurt or it just wasn't work, whatever it may be, I, I like, I think Pat had enough like built up, especially his, his chemistry with the rest of the team, even with Dane at right. this point, right. As a former teammate, like, yep. yeah. So, I mean, I get what you're saying with Bud, but I do think at least in Pat's case, you know, he there's a respect level for what he could bring to this team. It drives me nuts. He just he just drives. I'm not a Connaughton guy. Never have been a Connaughton guy. I think he's a high energy guy that gives good effort. Can help you in transition. Uh, and Marzian is a Patsy guy. And anytime Patsy goes cold in the regular season, he goes. It doesn't matter. It's about playoff Pat. And when the lights go on, the three start falling for Connaughton, and away we go. And it doesn't matter. Now Marzian will also tell you that he's on the train to trade Bobby Portis and has been all summer. And he said, it's not about that. I don't like Bobby. It's just that when you get to the postseason, Bobby Portis is not necessarily the same guy. And defensively, Bobby Portis doesn't help you enough necessarily in the playoffs uh, to be a big thing. Cause that's where Nathan's at. Now, like this is about winning titles while we have Giannis. I don't care about the regular season. It's about the playoffs. It's like being a Packer fan when you had Rodgers and Brett Favre. It's, it's the same type of mindset. I get down with it. I get it. Portis, uh, apparently he keeps talking about the sixth man of the year award. Uh, they brought it up on the last couple of telecasts. I asked Nathan on the last podcast, do you think he can win sixth man of the year? I'll ask you, do you think Bobby Portis can win sixth man of the year? Because for me, we went back and looked. It's like every five, six, seven years, a big man wins it. Outside of that, it's guards for the most part. So I think it's a tough award to win if you're a big to begin with. Um, and then on top of that, knowing that when Portis is on the floor, more than likely Middleton, Giannis, or Lillard, one of those three will probably be on the floor with him still because odds are they're not going to rest all three at the same time, or at least I hope they don't. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I mean, you know, of course he can win it. I mean, I uh, finished, what, third last year? I mean, I yep. had a vote. Um, I I did vote for Brogdon. Um, I actually voted for Malik Monk in Sacramento. Um, and then there Bobby. You go. And, you know, my – not to relitigate the past, but really what I had looked at with that was I think Bobby was hurt in the voting because he had to start so many games. Yeah. Um, because Giannis misses so many games. And that's sort of why, like, I find the – the trade Bobby Portis stuff. So amusing. It's like, does everyone not remember that Giannis missed 15 to 17 games a year? Somebody has to start. So Bobby comes in and gives you 18 and 12. Yep. Like that, that's <laughs> um, here for Nathan. It's about the postseason. It ain't about the regular season. He don't well, care about the regular season. You know what? I, I mean, you got to do one to get to the other. And if Giannis is healthy, then great. Bobby's used in matchups, but like you, you you got to get to that point. Right. And look, um, and under this new coaching staff, who knows? I mean, um, if, if what Portis's role might be, you know, in different scenarios, I mean, I would argue that, uh, you know, one of the reasons there is a coaching change is because Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez were misused in that heat series with Giannis being hurt. Right. Um, so yeah, Bobby can win that award. And, and I think what will help that I don't have a vote this year that goes to the, Eric Name at the Athletic. We we rotate that vote nice. in Milwaukee. Um, so it's not my responsibility this year. Uh, but if Giannis is healthy and plays 70 plus games for the first time in a while, uh, that'll probably help. And look, he's Bobby's Giannis's backup. So are there scenarios where Giannis plays the five and Bobby's the four? Sure. But a pick and roll with with Bobby Portis and Dame Lillard, Bobby's gonna have 15 footers all day. No doubt. Right? Um, because Chris is over there and look, Bobby and Chris are kind of like the mid range masters in my view of, yep. of the bucks. Those guys are going to have those all the time. Um, it's kind of interesting. Sparky Bobby hasn't attempted a three yet this preseason and his three point usage kind of really went down last year. And I think some of that had to do with, again, playing for Giannis so many games. Um, so I'll be curious to see if that like continues to a degree or if now with Dame as a different kind of pick and roll partner, um, you know, Bobby does get some more, you know, Hey, no, we, we need you to space back out like that championship season, right. Where he kind of emerged as this guy yep. making 40% of threes, six and a half threes a game. So attempts a game. So, um, yeah, Bobby, I think is, is Bobby and Chris are a couple of guys sparky that I think when it's all said and done, the, the raw numbers, and they might have some blow up games. You're like, you know, th- those are guys who are going to benefit from this trade that, you know, as of yet, we're not really talking about. Uh, no, 
but we all know Lillard is unbelievable. So uh, and I, I think everybody talks about, and you're right, everybody talks about how it's going to benefit Giannis, um, but it's going to benefit everybody, you know, not, you know, from that perspective. What about Brooke Lopez? How has this transition been uh, for him? Because he really took steps under Bud, say what you want, but he wasn't no outside shooter when Bud got him. Um, and he became an outside shooter and completely changed how guys have to play him. Now, he went away from his bread and butter for his whole career of playing inside for the most part. Um, and that drove me nuts in instances that I would complain about on this podcast. We're like, hey, if you're not hitting threes or Giannis is hurt and not playing in a game, then throw the ball back down to him and let, let the big guy go back to work again like he used to do. Like get some easy baskets if Giannis isn't in the game or hurt like he was in that heat series. Get Bam in foul trouble, whatever. And once Bud got in Bud's mind of what Bud's going to do, that's that's what he did. And that's fine. But how is the transition going for Brooke? Have you seen any differences uh, of what you've been able to see so far? I mean, I, I think the the biggest thing that we'll see that, that's obvious will be the defensive change. You know, look, they're they're still going to play drop. You know, I mean, you have Brooke Lopez. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he he should have won Defensive Player of the Year. He had my vote. Uh, why why would you? spend $25 million a year now to bring him back and then not let him do the stuff he's elite at. Yep. Uh, so we'll see some drops. So that, but that aside though, Sparky, he, I mean, Adrian Griffin said this, Brooks said this, he is going to be higher up on pick and rolls, which means he won't be the rim protector. You know, he's going to have to trust other guys behind him to, to clean that up, be it Giannis or whomever. Um, and I think that's going to be the adjustment. Sparky, there, there's a, do you remember there's the regular season game in Sacramento? Brooke ended up getting ejected. It was the one where he pushed Trey Lyles at the yep, end. I do. Giannis. Well, the way that game started, yeah, Sacramento's hype, right? They're, they're thinking this is like a finals preview. It was a big game for them. And the opening moments of the game, you know, uh, it was clearly going to be man, man-to-man. Like, Brooke on DeMontis Sabonis, everyone follows their, their person. Well, in the first couple of possessions, I think Chris and Giannis – had like helped off their man to DeMontis leading to buckets. And Brooke just flipped his what, I mean, he was yelling at those dudes for not sticking to the plan. Right. And so, and the reason I bring that up is because he is such a competitor. He's so smart. And, and generally speaking, if there's an error on defense, I tend to think it's someone else. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see Brooke adjust to that. Like, okay. We need you way up here on this pick and roll. You got to trust these guys to do the right thing behind you. And then maybe there's an uncontested dunk or a layup. And is Brooke just, you know, loses his mind? mind because it's, it's, so, like, look, like, yes, Mike Budenholzer and Brooke said this, like, saved his career, right? I mean, let, let's be real about it. Like, Bud did a lot of really good things in Milwaukee and John Horst. And that's one of them. And but one of the reasons they got along to a degree was Bud, I think, was able to like go back and forth with Brooke. How many times did we see them jawing at each other's sidelines or, you know, we would mess with them in practice? So so that'll be an interesting adjustment, I think, for Bucks fans. Offensively, I think we'll see three point Brooke, you know, um, and I'll see. I think we'll see Brooke as a roller. You know, I know, again, you brought up, oh, Giannis and Dame, Giannis and Dame. Well, Brooks a seven foot big who can get to the basket in two steps also. Yep. <laughs> so what are you going to do there? Um, 
and obviously that can prevent some pounding on Giannis. Like it, you know, he he kind of told us the other day, Spark. Oh, if I got to set fifty screens, I will. But he's not. Good. No, <laughs> we really, yeah, no one really wants that. And I think no. after a few giant people run into his hips, like he's not going to want to do that all the time either. So, um, Brooke, offensively, I think Brooke as as that roller in that pick and roll. Um, and again, we just keep, we talk about Dame, and he deserves that oxygen, Sparky. But like the Chris, like the Chris Giannis middle pick and roll won them a title right and yep. like they went away you from know, the, the, the small like again another i think thing that bucks didn't lean in on in that heat series the Giannis brook pick and roll against the heat was bananas they had no answer for that like I, I, what is that was it game four they ran it like three four straight times and it was just dunk 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 Heat were like, what? What is this? And then they, you know, they got away from it, and whatever. But so I think there's so many other options with Brooke um, than just big guys shooting threes uh, or a post up, for instance. Uh, and, and that could be really exciting to watch. I, I will say this in Bud's defense: when when they fired Bud, was I mad that they got rid of Bud? No, because I was never a huge Bud guy necessarily. But I did say once they won the championship and he made his adjustments throughout those series, like enough, like y'all got it back off here. Give him some breathing room for a couple of years. And you have Milton get hurt in a series. Giannis gets hurt in the heat series. And then you want to say, well, he didn't make this adjustment. He didn't do whatever. His brother died during the series. Like to me, there's no chance I'm coaching that series. I'm done. Like my brother tragically dies one way or the other. Good luck to y'all. Like, I'm going to go mourn. Like, I'm not coming back to try and coach the series because I can't only imagine what your brain is like at that point. You got that tragedy over here. Now you got to try and compartmentalize that in this side of your brain and then go focus on trying to win a playoff series. Like, I don't know, man. Like, that's really tough. A, your best player ain't playing. And then B, you have that mentally to try and go through. That's a that's a tough sell for me. Uh, and I get, you know, the Bucks probably already had in their mind made up that if it didn't work out again this year, they were going to go in a different direction. And that's fine. It is what it is. But that that part of it is what I always remember about how that kind of whole thing uh, went down. All right, let's talk more about uh, the other players on this team. What about campaign? Because they got him late, made all the sense in the world because he was looking to go to the best team possible to win a championship, whatever the case may be. You don't see him in exhibition game one. You see him against Memphis and... As we all know, it's one of the ugliest jump shots in the NBA. It falls from time to time, but it is so ugly. Uh, but having said that, what made me happy was, you know, you get that pass for about almost midcourt. He turns, chucks it to Brooke Lopez, who finishes, and it's essentially one pass from him, and you score, and you're going, okay, that's good. Being able to hit guys in stride, going to the rim like Brooke, and you go, okay, that's a backup point guard that can initiate, run the offense, and keep the ball moving, and we're not going to be dribble, 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 dribble forever. And to me, that's exactly what they needed. So I think that's a win, regardless of how much the jump shot it's going to make me nauseous during the, throughout the season. <laughs> um, yeah, I, look, campaign, obviously, I think Bucks fans remember him from that that Phoenix series, and he sort yep. of found you know, a role. And, and I think, you know, maybe the balance with Cam is, is when he's out there, you know, it, it's okay. What's the best shot initiating offense. You're right. is probably getting it to the other guys first. Uh, so right. we'll see that but he's a veteran. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know everything about, you know, what went down in, in Phoenix and why that wasn't going to work. 
Um, obviously, a salary dump issue is there trying to clear space for Bradley Beal, etc. But um, I, it, it is a, a good signing to start this year, Sparky, for sure, because Damian is going to need time off, right? And like, Yana, this was the same question they had when Drew was on the team. Who's the backup? Like, are you really rocking with three two-way players, right? right, As the backup point guard? And at that point, and now I'm sure the team will not even talk about this, but I'm sure the the idea was Giannis, Chris, Drew. Those are your three point guards. Um, And, you know, the Bucs won a lot of games with that, right? Well, now obviously it's a little bit different. And and Payne will be interesting to see – how he fits in. And, you know, again, I don't think he's lighting up the world defensively. You know, we meant we started this podcast talking about Malik Beasley, where I think, you know, if anything, not that he's not going to play, but I'm sure that's what Adrian Griffin and the coaching staff want to see more than offense. Because at this point, I think we know what Cam can bring to a team. As you said, Sparky, setting it up, knowing what to do. Okay giving you a little bit of a threat from three, yep. you know, um, it, but Hey, are, are you going to stay in front of your guy enough? Right. Um, and, and do your job defensively. So uh, again, played on a couple teams that have gone to Western conference finals. So he knows he's been in those playoff situations. I think that's an underrated part of his acquisition. Also Sparky is, you know, that type of stuff or expectation, etc. not new to him. So um, I, I think you're right. Of, of, all the scenarios of available veteran point guards. Uh, like at Sparky, it was like George Hill, Ish Smith, Matthew Della Vadova. All Gore, guys that Trodges. were here. I mean, yeah. would you want to run all those dudes back here? No. So, yeah, I, I think campaign um, that that worked out for both parties. You keep bringing up defense. Every, almost every guy we've talked about, you've bring up, brought up defense, defense, defense. Clearly, that's what Adrian Griffin is all about. And we'll get to the offensive coaches that he brought in to help with this offense. But because of that defensive mentality, practices are not necessarily the same as they were with Bud either. No, I got a story up at jsonline.com. And there's no two better people to talk to about stuff than Bobby Portis and Jay Crowder, because those guys don't mince words. And Bobby was flat out just like, hey, you know, there's some stuff that we couldn't do before under Bud and meaning get after one another, be yourself and maybe be a little physical with your teammates. And Jay Crowder flat out said, he's like, Hey, I was surprised. I came here last year. It was kind of country clubbish in practice. And now, and he said that matter of fact, right. And, and, and Bobby and Pat and Giannis in particular, like, look, we won a lot under Bud. So they're not in a championship. So it's one of those interesting things, Sparky, with the new coach, right? Like it's different. You know, they, they can't say remember, remember where he's coming from. Right. He's co- Adrian Griffin. He's coming from Scott Skiles, Thibodeau, yeah. Nurse. Right. Now Nurse won. Those other two haven't won Jack. Nurse did win a championship. Kawhi Leonard, the one year. Yeah. All three of those guys have burnout tendencies on their players. So we have to remember that, okay, this is yeah. all fine and good. We're going to beat the crap out of right. each other. But what is this going to look like in three or four years? Are we still going to want to have Giannis getting the crap beat out of him in practice? <laughs> like, I don't think this is a long-term solution. I, I I don't. It's fine for the awe and shock factor of I'm your new coach and we're going to play physical yeah. and we're going to play defense and I'm going to instill this. I, I don't think long-term you can play like this, though. I, 
and and I and I think Adrian knows that. Um, but as of now, everybody's healthy, right? Your reset, yep. like Giannis came down after that practice. This this practice I wrote about was the one before the Bulls game. Fuck, they went two hours and five like. And Giannis came down hours later. He's just in a lather. He's hyped up. He's fired up about this. So, no, I don't think this is a we're, – we're doing these practices like this in the regular season. I Like, they just don't have the time for that. Right. But this week, I think if you're going to culture um, – not even culture reset, Sparky, because, again, they're very cognizant of how much they won under Bud. Like, they won 58 games last year. So, you're not – reinventing the wheel i think if you're adrian griffin what you're trying to do is if if you want this team defensive mentality where you're all trying hard what better way to do that than have really hard practices where you're setting hard screens on one another you're finishing hard and dunking on people's heads in practice and letting everybody know about it right or or you're getting into one another you're healthy you might as well do it now and I think, you know, as Jay said, look, it, it's if you're if we're going to do this to one another now, I trust you now to handle it when we're playing an opponent. Right. And and so Jay's like, that's how that actually translates on a basketball court. So, yes, yeah, Sparky, I wouldn't worry about <laughs> I wouldn't worry about, hey, they're like practicing for two hours in January, February. Uh, but I do think it is an important element of this camp, this coaching staff uh, here in the early going. The other thing uh, is the assistant coaches. Uh, Terry Stotts, Prunty, both here, both have been here. Uh, Prunty, an interim head coach. Stotts was the head coach. Uh, I never thought I'd see either one of them back on the Bucs sidelines, especially not as an, an assistant coach. But again, you know, this whole, oh, it came up the week of. You hired Terry Stotts, and you had no idea you were going to go try and get Lillard? Come on, man. I mean, not really. So either way. You got Stotts, you got Prunty. I love both guys. I love the hirings of both guys. Be very clear about that. I think Stotts did a good job offensively in Portland when he was there. They won a hell of a lot more games than they were winning since he's left. I'll tell you that much. Uh, And the fact that they get Lillard now to go with Stotts, who knows his strengths, his weaknesses, what he likes, what he doesn't. like They've got as much intel on Lillard as you could possibly ever get with a guy sitting on the bench Right next to Adrian Griffin, like, oh, yeah, he's tired. Go get him, right? now. he's good. He'll be fine. Just let him go. He'll be all right. He'll get himself out of this. Like, that type of stuff in game situations is invaluable to Adrian Griffin and this Bucks coaching staff. To me, that's probably – the satire is probably the move outside of Lillard. It's probably the second move of the offseason. Yeah, and that obviously, Sparky, goes back to June, right, or late May, you know, when Adrian was hired and it was – I mean, shortly thereafter, it was, okay, Terry Stotts is probably coming in as as one of his assistants. Um, and, again, make, makes sense. Um, first time, first year head, head coach. Um, so why not hire someone to be at the front of your bench who has been in that chair, yeah. right, who, who, who has that feel for things? Sparky, we talking about this uh, on football. I remember, you know, Matt LaFleur was hired, first time head coach, play caller. Oh, does he need – you know, oh, keeping Mike Pettin, right? Why? Pettin was a head coach. He'd been like, it's it's sort of stereotypical in a lot of For ways. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to get into the conspiracy stuff. I mean, Damian, for what it's worth, didn't request a trade until July. 
didn't approve the Bucks to be on his list until September. So I don't know about all that, but like, um, it, it, but for sure though, now that it's happened the way it has, um, Damian became an all NBA top 75 player playing for Terry Stotts. That's right. And so look, while it is very simple to run two man games or run actions for Damian Lillard, without a doubt, it's going to help Adrian to give, Oh, Hey, um, I had spent all summer scout, you know, self-scouting what Giannis likes, what Chris likes, what Brooke likes, et cetera. That all turns on its head. Oh, here's the walking encyclopedia of what Damian Lillard likes to your point, Sparky. So look, I, I, we were at practice the other day and Stotts and and Lillard are are leaning up against the wall, like talking, you know, Um, here's a guy who I, I can't, I can't underscore this enough for Bucks fans. Like, you know, when he brought his kids in for that welcome event, you know, he, as he said, I've never been traded. He's never been anywhere else. And he literally is moving across the country right before the start of camp. Right. So having some of that, like he, he shouted out Pat Connaughton and Robin Lopez guys he's played with. Right. Um, so yeah, Terry Stotts, big, big move aside from Lillard, super respected uh, around the league a, as an offensive mind and, and clearly an unflappable kind of voice to be on the sideline. Joe Prunty too, going back to those J kid years. I mean, Joe is well-regarded around the league as a tactician, mm-hmm. just the, the fundamentals of coaching, if that makes sense. And then honestly, like Patrick Matumbo, who's really running this defense for Adrian Griffin um, was on the staff in Toronto with Nick Nurse. He had some head coaching experience in the G league with the Raptors 905. Um, really like he's a name people aren't going to know. Like we don't get to know assistants in basketball. Like we do in football. Sparky. You could see him and Griffin talking that whole Memphis game back and forth. Yeah, I mean, they were chatting it up the whole game. Yeah. So those two are really aligned in philosophy, but Patrick, from what I've heard from other coaches, like he's a coach's coach, you know, like, like people like what he does. So, you know, obviously we'll see it all develop. But as of now, you know, those guys, it seems like are have been good, good fits for Adrian Griffin. You know what else I want to see? When Jason Kidd was here, Jason Kidd would be like, hey, Joe, draw this uh, out-of-bounds play up for me, please. Yeah. Uh, hey, Joe, end the game. Uh, come up with something good for me, bud. When Mark Jackson was in, like, Golden State, he never drew up his own plays. Mike Brown, once he was in Cleveland, he didn't draw up his own plays half the time. So I want to see what this looks like. So, like, is Adrian Griffin drawing up the play? coming out of the sidelines is it stats is it prunty i mean he's you you've got literally he could do his own if he wants stats could be like hey i got something from portland i know lillard loves i'd love to run it right go ahead run it. and joe might be like hey i got something i know yannis likes to run whatever right like i mean you the amount of knowledge that you have i, I don't think bucks fans truly understand how much knowledge really is going to be in that huddle in timeouts discussing what they want to do. It is, this is probably, and again, I don't know how good Griffin will be as head coach, but just from a knowledge standpoint, this is probably the most knowledgeable Bucks coaching staff they've had in a long time. Yeah. It's, it's uh, in terms of, yeah, knowing their, their personnel and, and being new. Look, I, I mean, uh, Bud staff, you know, Charles Lee's probably, you know, head coach and waiting. He's look, he's now with Drew holiday in Boston. Yeah. Right. Great job um, by Boston. Yeah. And so, 
you know, I, I think there were good coaches under Boone Hoser. Obviously, a couple couple of guys are head coaches now. Exactly. So, but but you're right. Like overall, I think um, Adrian. Look, I, I wrote about this sort of the the profile of Adrian Griffin and what he brings. And and yes, he's X's and O's and all that stuff. Ron Adams told me this. He longtime Bulls assistant. He was yep. actually here in Milwaukee for so a while. Now in Golden State, right? And, yep. and he he said, "Hey, everybody's stuff is." basically the same maybe some guys have like their x's and o's are a little bit better and maybe some are a little bit worse he's like it's all about that relationship part of it and the buy-in part of it and adrian griffin like 100 percent across the board of people i talked to sparky almost you know a couple dozen former teammates former players former coaches he coached with his boss etc like the bucks are gonna buy into him him and then so that's one thing and you're right we're gonna see is he gonna call timeout at the right time when the, the opponent goes on a 15-0 run in the fourth quarter of the playoffs or do you right? see with Joe, like george it, carl his arms it, crossed and just right. see if they work it out so but which is it wolf we'll, that we will find out uh but to your point look i i think the the, the chicago game you know i i think Terry Stotts was involved in that sideline that the play for Marjan to hit the corner three. Yep. Um, and then Adrian calls time. And I don't know who I wasn't watching who was what I couldn't quite see from our spot who drew, uh, you know, how, how that last play where Marjan came off the timeout 30 seconds left. Great, great play. Got into the bucket. You just missed yep. it. Um, but to your point though, like, I don't know even if that matters. Right. But you have so yeah. many options. Because you have point. so many options That's and a lot of thing. trust. You got already got a lot of built-in trust among yep. the key players with those assistants. I mean, just I just it's just wild. This whole thing is so crazy <laughs> to me. This whole thing. And again, Horace deserves a lot of credit for the whole thing. The one thing John uh on the way out here, because we gotta wrap it up, but on the way out, the one thing John preached um at the end of when they got eliminated from the postseason, the same thing I was saying on this podcast was they looked old and they looked slow to me. And Crowder, you can complain all he wants. He really looked old and slow when he was out there. I had no fault about not playing him. But that was something that I, I thought was an issue. And then we get to the offseason, and Horse says, we got to get younger and more athletic. Okay, cool, I'm in. So now you go get a couple of rookies to add into this mix that are definitely athletic, right? I, I don't know about shooting for Jackson Jr., but uh, they're, they're athletic and get out and run a little bit. You add that to what you already had in Marjan Beauchamp, it's kind of interesting what this looks like. I don't know if any of those guys are playoff rotation guys. I don't think so. I think they'll all be on the bench watching in the playoffs. But it does lead you to the idea of, okay, depending on how you all develop throughout the year, and that's only a one-year deal from Malik Beasley, maybe one of you all might be in that position to go get that two job next year to play with these other four guys. Yeah, 100%. That's a way to circle back to how we started this. Beasley is just going to turn 27. Yep. So like Young just signing, being able to sign him was sort of, a, I think, a coup for the Bucks. Like 26-year-old, 40% three-point shooters who can dunk easily. Yep. <laughs> Don't fall in the Bucks' lap like that. Um, and yeah, they did make sort of this concerted effort to, to bring in Livingston and Jackson Jr. That was very intentional on draft night. Um, Ty Ty Wiggins, uh, you know, excuse me, Linda Wang, Ty Ty Washington Jr., former, you know, first-round pick a year ago. Again, salary cap casualty scoop them up right away because again the bucks just don't have first round picks so yep. their one just happened to be there what who is he what is he about they don't know but to your point spark you're right that it, it that those are the edges 
that John Horst now is going to have to work. Um, even if, if Giannis signs, you know, this off season, if they like Beasley enough to extend them next year, um, you know, they don't have picks, they don't have money. So these are the guys that need to fit in, in some capacity. And finally, Spark, you mentioned the coaching, loop it back to that. A lot of these guys are known for player development. I'll be writing about this next week at jsonline.com. I talked to all those guys about what that means. Um, and, and how, you know, what is player development? How are you being coached right now? Right. And, um, you know, they all feel they've gotten better from, in just this short amount of time. And that's what they're, they're going to need to go the Miami route and find yeah, some right. drafted second round guys who Glenn, yep. not, maybe not be stars, but just be a rotation player, 18 minutes. I know that's not sexy, but like, like Marjan Bochamp doesn't have to be an all-star to be a success as the right? Like he's just got to play, be able to play 22 minutes. And that's like, wow, that's good. Right. So that's another part of this team that you're right. Sparky, I think will be an undercurrent to the star, you know, the, the, the star, the party happening above, above the water is what those young guys do throughout the year. That's so excited. I I don't know what you think. This is probably the most excited this fan base uh, has been probably since they won the championship. I mean, there wasn't this type of current going into the season. Even coming off the championship, there wasn't this type of excitement level. I mean, Sunday night, it's Lakers and Bucks, uh, and nicely done by everybody involved to make sure it's the ESPN game of LeBron involved. Because uh, the last night, Lakers played the Kings, and there was no LeBron, no AD. They're both sitting out. Why? Because they're going to play in that Bucks game. Uh, so that's going to be the game against Sunday night football. You're going to get LeBron, AD, Lillard, Giannis, Chris Milton, who apparently is healthy but can't play. But they're all going to be out there uh, together. And I guarantee you in Milwaukee, if that doesn't have gigantic numbers with Lillard on the floor with Giannis, I'll be shocked. Right, with a Packers bye week, right? Who cares? Right, um, even better, right? right the Packers yeah. bye week, yes. So, yeah, th- you're right. Because, look, Drew's trade, look, that we, we all forget context sometimes. Drew's trade was just as shocking to me yes. as Lillard. Um, but we're – we're all still in the pandemic. It wasn't about that. It was about Giannis's extension, right? And and the but you're and yeah, defending that title. You're right, Sparky. There was a huge buzz to start that year, mm-hmm. um, and then it just sort of settled into the expectation. Yeah, look, there's a, a pair, and I wrote this. I mean, there's a parallel to acquiring Drew Holiday 50 years after Oscar, with the point guard that got you over the top, legitimate, like comparison there however Damian is more akin to Oscar in terms of the star power and the how good he is yeah you know and you're right it, very very uh well put that the excitement level and it should be you've got two walking top 75 of all time um in Milwaukee Wisconsin it's a pretty pretty remarkable thing that's amazing. He is Jim Ozarski. Follow him on Twitter at Jim Ozarski. Bucks beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. All of his great stuff over there at jsonline.com. As always, Jim Ozarski, thank you so much, buddy. We'll talk to you throughout the year. Hey, man, anytime.